Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This text coming in at 534 in Edmonton. Bob, El May is like Brian Burke Light. That was a great segment, maybe his best appearance, talking about uh, what the preseason used to be like back in the day. Bob Stoffer with Brendan Escott and Kellen Kennedy, Jeff Walker, and the team here at Oilers Now. 630 Chad. And uh, we will tell you, guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. That's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Eltop that Oilers now sent you. Uh, they are open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 till close. Uh, Brendan Escott, by the way, has got the last hour of the show. I'm heading off to an event a little bit later on today. Uh, but at this time, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and hook up with Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. From cakes that score big to cheesecakes that give your taste buds a power play. Wow Factor has something for every taste. Full lineup at wowfactordesserts.com. I just want Brendan Escott to know. I just blew that read just for you, man. Just to show you that it's not just you occasionally that, uh, that stumbles out a word or two. It happens. You got to roll with it. It's all good, you know? You we don't... have a lot of air time to fill. Eventually, we're going to trip over ourselves, yeah, well, right? And you're going to make mistakes. It happens. All right. A guy that's never made a mistake in his life. He's the polar opposite of Al Pacino's character from any given Sunday. We welcome back to the show, uh, Brian Alotton. Hello, Brian. How are you? Doing fantastic, Bob. Thank you. No mistakes ever, right? Never. Never. All right. Uh, let's hit on about three or four. We just had Al May talking about, you know, and he had a very different role than your role. What do you recall about your first couple training? And now you were the number one pick of the 1983 NHL draft. What do you remember about uh, preseason games back, back in, you know, 83, 84, the first couple of years you're in the NHL? Well, back then, there was 11 preseason games, and when you were a rookie, you played all 11. I definitely remember that. But I also remember, you know, when you're a top draft pick for a team, you get every opportunity in the world in training camp to get up to speed and prove yourself. And that certainly was the case for me. I think I had maybe 11 points in 11 games, and I thought, oh, this National Hockey League will be easy. I didn't realize when the season starts that it, it is much higher a much higher level, number one. And number two, you get about a fraction of the ice time you got in the preseason. So it was all kind of a shock. Um, but I did have one unique experience my rookie year. The very first game I ever played was in Kitchener, of all places, OHL. Kitchener Rangers were very popular back then. Brian Bellows had gone second overall, and Kitchener had a bunch of other players that were really good namely Scott Stevens. That game was against the Washington Capitals. And for the first eight or nine shifts I had, and I've asked Scott about this, this crazy kid was absolutely trying to decapitate me, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'd never met him, played against him. Finally, I asked Brian Bellows, I said, Brian, what is the deal with your ex-teammate? I know you guys won a Mem Cup together, but what is the story with this guy? He said, oh, he just treats everybody that way. That's new, Brian. Don't worry about it. It's nothing personal. <laughs> and it was to the point where all the guys, and they finally leg-checked me, and I tease him about this because Scotty and I are good friends now, and uh, he finally leg-checked me and knocked me out of the game. And the veterans on the team are like, what is going on? What did you do to that kid? It's because you're American. I never you met know. him before. You know, it's because you're <laughs> 
I, you know what, to Scotty, I honestly don't believe it had anything to do with just, just the way he played the game. I'm just having fun, just, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it might have been because I was American, but, uh, you know, and back then, you know, the ratio was about 83, 84% Canadian. Yes. And, you know, less than 12% American and the rest Europeans. So it was, a, it was a very, very different game back then in terms of the ratio of where players came from. Um, two things for you. Number one, Brian, in uh, 1983, in the fall of 83, I was in one of my three years of grade 12 at Harry Ainley, and we had a pool that year. And after you put up 11 points in 11 games in preseason, I took you in the third round. Man, you let me down that season. I just want you to know that. Uh, so, and speaking of, you are not a cocky guy on the ice, but Trevor Zegras is. And I've noticed with Zegras, he get like, it's obvious to me with opposition players, he is not like, like Connor McDavid is revered, but he doesn't chirp on the ice. Like he's not beacon guys on other teams and stuff. There's something going on with Zegras and he ends up, and it seems to me that he gets a surprising amount of heat from opposition players, and I have to think it's a little bit of a cult of personality with him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's different. Obviously, having been a high pick, you know, you have certain thoughts about yourself. For me, it's not like for a lot of the kids today, they are very confident that they're very good. There's a lot more coverage than you used to be even for a guy that went first overall and uh, these kids have played more internationally they know who the other players are that are good so when they enter the league they have a lot more confidence part of that is a good thing but how you channel it depends how you handle yourself on the ice i mean we did have steven stamkos who was first overall in his year down in tampa and one of the things i used to say about camp about stammer was that He's so freaking good out there, but he doesn't really irritate anybody. Guys weren't trying to take shots at him the way they should have been for as good a player he was. He just had a very unique style. He eventually added more edge to his game and became the great champion and leader that he is today. But uh, it, it didn't start out that way. He just played a very clean game, hard, but he didn't irritate anyone, and I always found it very unique. Uh, a lot of the kids today come in, Chirping is not a good route to go when you're a younger player, but that's a part of Trevor's DNA. Uh, I wouldn't rip the guy for that. I'd just say it has invited a lot of yes. unwarranted uh, action back against him, in my opinion. It's funny because I remember when Lindros, and I think you were still in the league when Lindros broke in, right? I was. I mean, he was such a behemoth, right? Like an, an obscenely strong and don't forget, he came in as a 19-year-old because he didn't play as an 18-year-old in the NHL. But, I mean, he could back it up. And I think for five years, he was the best player in the world. I, I know that some of the old Oiler alumni guys disagree with me a bit. And, and I think it was just a little bit of, the, the, it was the Oilers' time. And then, you know, Eric and then eventually, you know, kind of Forsberg were by maybe 97, 98, Forsberg might have been seen as the best. But I don't remember Eric needing to talk because he was so damn big and physical. He'd just destroy guys. Yeah, he, he did. And the same guy that was uh, attempting to terrorize me would go on and attempt to terrorize him. And that, of course, was Scotty Stevens. And he got him in once. He got him once really good, obviously, and that's a famous hit. 
you got a lot of guys uh, once or more, that's for sure. But uh, Eric was was exactly that guy that could back it up. I mean, he was exactly as you described. I remember seeing him and just thinking, boy, I've never seen anybody quite this big that can play the game the way he can. And Mario was a big man, don't take me wrong, but Mario didn't have that physical edge that Eric did. And if not for injuries, we talk a lot more about Eric Lindros. Unfortunately, the way he played eventually yeah. um, took a turn for the worse for him where he wasn't able to have the length of career that he should have. He destroyed Scott Stevens a couple times in fights. Like when they squared up, he just tossed him around because he was bigger and stronger. And Stevens could fight, though Charlie Manson, Dave Manson got him one time. All right, uh, you mentioned Stephen Stamkos. This will allow us transition into a local angle here. But just a thought on Stammer maybe making a point early in training camp about his contract situation with the Tampa Bay Lightning. What do you think? I had a lot of real deep thoughts about this because one of the most challenging things to do in the NHL is to not only create a good team, but to make the difficult decisions to keep it going. Um, I've often thought that it's such a challenge that not that many people really do it that well. Steven Stamkos, you know, unsigned right now. I obviously love him as a player, uh, as a human being as well. He's a terrific guy. He's a great leader. He evolved. He did everything you could ever want from a first rounder. But I don't think the club is totally out of line right now and trying to figure out where they fit in in the National Hockey League coming off of, you know, a first round exit last year, but three previous trips to the finals. They'd been a dominant team, obviously having won two cups back to back. But, you know, now is when the job really gets tough. How do you handle that? And in the past, mostly teams have stepped up and rewarded that guy with a lot of money. Um, an example might be the Washington Capitals right now. If you look at some of the guys that you know played well for them, they have won a championship, but they've been rewarded, whether it's Backstrom, you know, Ovi to some degree, of course, but other players. And I just think that's a real challenge. This is a very gutsy move by Tampa's management. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I wasn't as offended as a former manager, as people might think. I can understand why Stevens offended. He has given everything he has. Um, but these are just the challenges that come along with managing a team. It is not an easy job. The easy thing to do is to default to what people have done in the past and that is give out longer term contracts to guys that are paying them for what they've done in the past that handicap you in the future. So I don't think there's any easy answer, but I certainly understood what was going on there. All right, this allows us to transition. The orders obviously have Drysaddle and McDavid. We are joined by former NHL GM player and the man that started Octagon's play, player agency, Brian Lawton, and Octagon's the agency that represents Leon Drysaddle. Brian's appearances are brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts, from cakes that score big to cheesecakes that give your taste buds a power play. Wow Factor has something for every taste. Full lineup at wowfactordesserts.com. I think you know where I'm going here. I, I actually... There was some talk about this. A couple people texted the show. A media guy brought this up with me. Leon Dreisettle purchased a house in Toronto. 
Now, obviously, he's got a place here in Edmonton, but he purchased a house in Toronto. Now, he does train in the offseason uh, in Toronto, and somebody sort of inferred to me, oh, that might... It, it's, it's funny how people always want to look at every situation and think that might not be good for Edmonton, because my inclination was, well, he wants to train with Connor in the offseason. I think that's good for Edmonton. You, re- you, you started the agency that Leon's with, or is anybody overreacting maybe by saying, well, you know, why did Dreisaitl buy a place in Toronto? Give me your thoughts on that, Brian. Um, I think if it was virtually any other player in the league, it wouldn't be talked up or brought about. If anybody does their research, Leon's been going back there. He obviously has a girlfriend from the area. I believe she was born. Celeste was born in Sudbury. But that's the reason why they're back there, along with a little bit of, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, to be honest with you, where these guys train together, uh, they're on the ice together. Uh, That's a huge benefit for the team, in my opinion, for the organization. But the the concept that Toronto, with where they're at in their salary cap position now, and Austin Matthews signed for the future, seems like one of the longer shots of all in the National time. Hockey League, if you were handicapped. Yes, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I do understand how these things come to fruition. They're fun to talk about. But uh, I am very uh, close still with the people at Octagon, and I can tell you that there's never been any discussion of anything uh, of those sorts. And uh, it's it's not related, in my yeah. opinion. I just think it's, it's something to talk about, that's all. I don't think there's any teeth to it. Uh, I would be shocked if that ever happened in the future. All right, so I'll swing it back the other way. Jeff Jackson is now the CEO of Hockey Operations for the Amatonators. He represented Connor McDavid. Uh, Does that hiring of Jeff Jackson help, not just on McDavid, but potentially given the relationship there with Dreisaitl as well and Jeff watching the Oilers play as much as he has over the last eight seasons, could that actually be an added benefit in a potential negotiation uh, with Leon and camp with Octagon? I think it'll be a huge benefit, but I don't think it's the whole story. Right. It's not a slam dunk that the Oilers hired Jeff and that therefore Connor will automatically stay. In my opinion, you know, for everything that Connor has showed us publicly and everything I know privately about him, he wants nothing but to win. And to be considered one of the greatest players of all time uh, in the National Hockey League. And he knows in order for that to happen, you have to have team success. So his mindset is always about team success. Where can I win? How can I win? Um, Who do I need to win? It doesn't matter who you are in hockey. You have to have other good players. The Oilers have all the ingredients that are necessary for Connor to go on and reach his full potential. And I mean, when you're looking back 20 years from now to be one of the greatest that ever played the game. But um, as far as what he does in the future, I think that's a constant evaluation of what has transpired and what's going to transpire in the future. So in this case, I don't think money has really anything to do with it. It's about becoming a champion and the realization that, uh, it's not just him that needs to be all in. 
its teammates, its trainers, its coaches, its managers, its presidents, its owners. And all those things will go into his eventual decision all right. as but, to what he does. But circling back to Leon here, I mean, is it? I mean, the fact that Jackson comes from the agency side and has that relationship with Connor, I mean, it can't help or uh, it, it can't hurt but help, can it? I mean, when you look at it, I think, I don't know. I just, we talked about this when he got hired. It just made too much sense. And I think, especially when you look at their ability to develop players in that agency. Yes, I think it's a massive positive on the surface. It's just not a done deal, in my opinion. Right. I think that story is yet to be written. But, yes, there's no way you could look at it and say it's a negative. I played with Jeff. He is a very balanced, fair individual. Um, He's not afraid to make tough decisions. He's going to be faced with him in his new role, as will the Ken Holland and whoever they have as GM in the future, if and when that happens. Um, Jeff is, is going to do great, in my opinion, in his role. I think he's going to be a great leader for this franchise. I think he's going to add more depth to their management team, and I think it's going to be really valuable for him. So I have no idea if Connor and Leon are going to stay, but my best guess would be I don't see why they won't. Brian, thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now, and we'll uh, hook up uh, next week uh, when uh, we're back in a 5 to sl- uh Actually, you know what? You're going to be with Brendan next week because we have a partner's draft. So uh, we'll have you on next week. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Lawton, former NHL GM, the number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft, and uh, the men that started Octagon's player agency for Wow Factor Desserts. From cakes that score big to cheesecakes that give your taste buds a power play. Wow Factor has something for every taste. Full lineup at wowfactordesserts.com. It's 551 in Edmonton. When we come back in orders now, Dennis Laliberti from New West Travel, and we're going to talk a bit about a new trip. We've uh, the Nashville trip is closed, but there's an opportunity for you to go to La Belle Provence coming up in January. This is orders now. Vincent Deharnay uh, did not end up making the trip yesterday. Good chance we'll see him later this week. Uh, orders now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the big supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the Alberta Golden Bears. Of course, Ekholm and McLeod, we've not seen those guys in preseason either. As we go back to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we have a new trip to tell you about. It's exclusive roadie to Montreal. We bring aboard Dennis Lala Birdie. Dennis, how you doing from New West? What's going I'm on, great, Dennis? Bob. Well, yeah. it's great. The weather's great, but uh, we're really excited about this five-star trip to Montreal going in January. Just to set the record straight, we closed Nashville on Friday. Uh, we're going to have a pretty good contingent down there in the uh, I think it's the game's October 17th, so I know we're going to have an event the night of the 16th. Brendan, you're hosting orders now that night, just FYI. And <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Hey, nothing like calling out the cues on the air. Uh, but uh, what do we end up with, like 60 people making our way to Nashville? Yeah, we're looking at 60 people. Uh, it's going to be a great trip. You know, the weather in, in Nashville is always great in October, and uh, it's just a fun place to watch a game. All right, well, I'll have to mix in a water this time because, as I recall, a couple years ago, that was a, a lengthy – oh, wait, it was a wraparound. <laughs> Mont- <That's right. laughs> tell us about Montreal. And I can say this stuff because my wife is currently in Vancouver with, with uh, my two kids, uh, so she's uh, not listening to the show for one of the rare times. But we are going to go to Montreal in January. Tell us about this roadie. 
Yeah, so we're out, we're leaving uh, in January out of, out of Edmonton and uh, January 12th, actually. So we're going to have three nights accommodations, five-star hotel, the Renaissance uh, right downtown Montreal. Uh, a great thing we've also got is a, our own Oilers Now private suite, which is an all-inclusive, all your food, beverages uh, for the whole night. Uh, we're just on the we're on the second level of Bell Center, so anybody who's been in there knows you know the location, and uh, it'll be uh, just a great day. Plus, it's Saturday night, it's hockey night in Canada. Yeah, you know it's funny, Dennis. I don't always love the Paul, but let's let us put put it this way: Quebec knows how to ask, and if you don't ask, you don't get. I don't love everything about the politics that come out of Quebec some days, no. but in terms of the actual in-game experience in Montreal. I would suggest to you it's my favorite place in the league to broadcast a game from. The fan, it's a religion, and it really is a whole different experience, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, the Bell Center is phenomenal. I mean, it's when you know the vibe of the of the uh, of the evening, and you know we got two two teams with you know McDavid and Drysaddle going to be there, and I think January thirteenth, that Saturday is McDavid's birthday. Doesn't that uh, ring a bell? Yeah, he. We we had one in Vegas a few. We years. had in Vegas, and we were at his birthday in Vegas. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I remember yeah. he he told you that you couldn't go into the uh, back uh, room that they had reserved for the boys. That you were trying to bust your way in there, but uh, yeah. you got shut down. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, it's a direct flight Edmonton to Montreal return. Private suite tickets, food and drinks. We're going to do a welcome reception in Edmonton and one in yep. Montreal with special guests. You can experience right. incredible hockey history uh where do people get hold of uh, you dennis well they can go online you know it's uh newwesttravel.com uh, or they can give us a call at uh 780-432-7446 but all the information is online at newwesttravel.com and uh you know we we emailed it out to our past clients last week and uh, we're about a third sold and right. we just launched it on Thursday. So, so. it's going to be good. Let's get after it. Den- Dennis, okay. great stuff. We'll see you uh, Thursday night. Thursday night, Bobby. Thank you. You bet. That's Dennis Lalliberti from New West Travel. All right. Uh, in the second hour of Oilers Now, Brendan Escott uh, will have Rob Brown on. He's going to get to some of your texts on the Ashley Pine Flores text line. Reed Wilkins will swing by for a crossover as well. I'll have a 90-minute version of Oilers Now tomorrow from 4 until 5.30 when the Oilers get ready to take on the Vancouver Canucks. As we head off to a global news weather traffic update, James Dunn will have that for you. Brendan Escott will guide you home in the back hour of Oilers Now.